Today, we are finishing up our draft recap, getting into the final three players the Chargers took in the 2022 NFL draft, including a pair of cornerbacks and one absolute freak of nature fullback. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, and we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen today, and as always, to make sure you don't miss the show, go subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel, and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from, including tomorrow's show talking about Jerry Tillery's fifth-year option being not picked up by the Chargers. But today, we are finishing up our draft recap, getting into the final three picks of the draft, but we're shaking things up a little bit. You guys commented, and we heard, and now we will deliver you. We'll start the show by everyone's eight, with everyone's favorite seventh-round draft pick that I can think of off the top of my head. I can't remember another seventh-round draft pick like Xander Horvath. That's been getting attention like this guy has. So we'll talk about the super back, the tank of a fullback the Chargers picked up late in the draft who has an RAS score better than Derrick Henry. But you have to get into that. And I mean, I've seen hurdle people. So that's a crazy story. But we also have to get into a couple other really good stories too about a couple of cornerbacks that are going to try to earn roster spots with the Chargers and Jazeer Taylor, a guy who will also brings some kicking game value, as Brandon Staley would put it, and another upside prospect. In the last round with Dean Leonard, the Chargers taking him in the seventh round as well. So we'll finish up the show with that and what to expect. That's another cool one. The Chargers with five Canadians now on their current roster. That's pretty nuts. But, David, we do want to start with who everyone wants us to start with, and that is Xander Horvath. I mean, a guy who I had never heard of. I mean, that's it, first of all. He's a fullback. He really was a running back at Purdue, right? That's what we have to start with. But just to give you an idea of the type of player – that he was. This is from ESPN. The six foot three, two hundred and thirty pound Horvath managed to return to play eight games his senior season at Purdue, despite suffering a broken fibula in the second game of the season. That's the type of dude that we're talking about here—an absolute physical freak that is going to. We'll see what happens with him on this roster. It's kind of unclear what they plan on doing, but they drafted him. They labeled him as a fullback. Both Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco said they want to at least introduce him as a fullback but David I mean this is an easy guy to get excited about from at least a running hard giant dude hurdling people kind of way absolutely no question man this is a really fun... two yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely step over Isaiah Smith Spiller this is definitely Xander Horvath's job now no I am just kidding um but in all seriousness man I mean he was very a very fun watch I, I think he runs angry and he welcomes contact. I mean, he absolutely is looking to run you over. That is a, a big part of his game. But he has deceptive burst and acceleration from a bigger man. You just don't expect to see him be able to move the way he does and be able to jump over people. And, you know, you're going to, you know, if you watch a film, a, a, a game of his, you're definitely going to see him hurdle at least one 
possibly two defenders uh, during the course of the game because that just seems like a sig- signature move of his. But um, he also has pretty good damn hands, man. Uh, I mean, I didn't see him drop a lot of passes. He's reliable um, as far as like, you know, a, you know, a pass catcher in the flats, um, you know, doing the little angle routes. Um, he's, he's the guy that is going to be able to catch the football and get up field and get you some extra yards. And also I th- would like to say my favorite thing that he does extremely well is convert in short yardage situations. I saw him on second and short, third and short goal line, fourth and short. Um, he specializes in getting those first downs and it seems like he has a nose for it, a hunger for it. And he hmm. goes out there and he gets it. Yeah. No hurdle man for it. If he has to, but yeah, I mean, right. when I was, at a certain point, I just started doing like the hurdle count and like <laughs> it, as far as successful hurdles, because I mean, there was others where he tried to do and it didn't work out. I mean, yeah. I had him in the games. I watched four hurdles where he, you know, actually cleared a dude and kept running. That's get yourself a fullback that can Olympics hurdle, sign him up. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it is a fun prospect and it is kind of a cool way to look at this because with him specifically. He's also a very good receiver too, right? So like he is a kind of a versatile player in that sense, has pretty soft hands, has, you know, that deceptive burst after the catch. I mean, tested freakishly. Like I said, a better RAS score than Derrick Henry. When ranked as a running back, his RAS score was 9.83. He ran a 4.6140, so probably around – Out of 10, by the way. Yeah, exactly, out of 10. (laughs) His 40 was probably his worst thing. Like his explosive, you know, NIST grades as far as his broad jump, his vertical jump, great. Obviously, his size, 6'3", 230 is great for a running back. His, you know, agility grades are pretty good as well. I mean, when you run him as a fullback, though, David, do you want to know what his RAS score is? Tell me, Daniel. It's 10. You had it. I didn't tell David before the show. A perfect 10 out of 10. And Tom Tulesco did talk about, uh, you know, fullbacks in college, basically saying that, like, most fullbacks that they're looking for, at least they're converting from a different position. Like, you're taking a linebacker, you're taking a tight end, and kind of turning them into a fullback. This dude was a straight-up running back, but, like, one of the my favorite things that was said about Xander Horvath, who's just a literal horse, you know, jumping over dudes and maybe being a bowling ball around the field, was Brandon Staley's quote, He's got a pro body, and we're just going to figure it out. (laughs) Oh, man, that's so funny. I absolutely love it. It's like, that dude looks like he belongs in the NFL, so we are going to give him his shot to prove us right, Daniel. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's a lazy comparison because he does run pretty high up like he's very he's a very upright runner right he's pretty stiff he's more of a weaver than a cutter like if he's juking dudes he's usually coming like a complete stomp with a couple of chopped feet but like that's obviously not his game tom telesco said you know in college he was basically mike allstott who was you know just one of the bigger bruising running backs of the early 2000s right another guy awesome guy to watch but not quite yeah michael Scott was a much larger man and absolutely just demolished people and i mean like i said i said xander runs angry but you know we're not on the mike allstott level here where you're taking three four five six defenders with you and you know dragging them across the field he wasn't exactly doing all that no i mean he definitely wasn't but like he reminds me of you know one of those Toby Gerhardt, you know, Peyton yeah. Lewis type of dudes where they're not going to outrun you. They're not going to shake you for the most part, even though Xander Horvath actually might outrun you. I mean, he's pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, but, he is. I mean, he's a dude that's just a bowling ball. I mean, there was one play, I forget what team it was, it was against, but like it was a fourth and four and he caught a pass behind the line of scrimmage, got hit behind the line of scrimmage, 
kept going, got hit by another dude, kept going, got hit by like three more dudes until he finally ended up getting a first down. It was I'm like telling you, man, when in those heroic. short yarded situations, he has a nose to convert. It's like he takes it personally. And, you know, you, you trust him with the ball in, in that situation where you got to have it. You know what? You know, Brandon Stelly talks about all the time. You see that determination and, you know, he goes out there and gets it, you know, most of the time. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, Brandon Staley said it right. I mean, he's going to be a core special teams guy. That's his, oh, yeah. his route to the roster. I mean, they do want to see what it looks like to have, you know, two back sets with him in it. As Brandon Staley said, and they all said he worked out very well. You can say that again, perfect 10 out of 10 out of fullbacks all time in college football. But, like, who's counting? You know what I mean? But, like, I get it. These late round picks, right? And I mean, in this case, I don't even know. I said it. Pick 260 in the seventh round, right? Borderline Mr. Irrelevant, only a couple yeah. of picks away from being the final pick literally in the draft, actually. Yeah. So, like, I mean, special teams is probably almost always going to play a factor in that, you know, what that of role course. is is going to change, but did play some special teams when he was at Purdue. So he does have some experience there, and that is going to be his easiest way. But when you're talking about guys like this, David, I mean, they're going to have to do special teams, and they're also kind of just like those hard knocks sweethearts where you're just hoping. They can find a way to make the team, especially with a guy who runs and looks the way that Xander Horvath does, just with that brutal kind of running style and just wanting to be a bowling ball. You don't, you have to know what you're asking him for, but yeah. if you're just asking him to do those simple things, I mean, I can see how he could carve out a role. I mean, if you're telling me it's Austin Eckler, you know, then Isaiah Spiller, and then this dude somehow has a role for those short yard situations, things like that. I mean, I'm. I could perfectly see the route, you know, oh, yeah. how this dude makes the roster, which is not always an easy thing with the 260th overall pick, right? I mean, there's a chance every guy we talk about doesn't make the team, and it's just yeah. going to be, it's going to be a battle, you know. He's going to be one of the guys that you're going to be excited to watch in preseason to see how he does 100%. and how how he, you know, takes the you know advantage of the opportunities that he's going to get because that's where he's going to have to shine if he's going to want to make this team. Yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be other things that we're going to talk about with Jazir Taylor and Dean Leonard that they're going to have to do to make the team as well. But yeah. up next, we will be talking about the final six-round pick for the Chargers, Jazir Taylor in the path for him, a guy that started the most games in this school's history to make the Chargers and what the upside he brings and what Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley had to say about him. But I can bet you one thing, David. I bet you that Xander Horvath has a good chance of being one of those preseason legends that will be talked about long after his time. But if you guys are looking for the best bet, it's always at betonline.net, the only place that I bet and the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Basketball playoffs have been nuts. If you have some money on it, I mean, it definitely ratchets up the level of intensity. I mean, I've been feeling like I was in the game in these late fourth quarter crazy games that we've been seeing in the NBA, but I like to bet on a lot of things with betonline.net. It even goes as far as the live betting aspects of it where you can change your fate in the middle of the games to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device so you can guys can get in on the action at the best place to place your bets at BetOnline where the game starts. All right, David, well, we went a little out of order today, obviously, you know, going with the the super back, as we're going to call him from here on out, Xander Horvath. But there were a couple of corners later on in the draft that the Chargers decided to go with, starting with Jazir Taylor, who is a guy who played a ton of games for Wake Forest, a guy of 62 career games. He was part of that, you know, fifth-year senior situation with COVID and everything. Players granted an extra year of availability. That's why Tom Telesco was saying that, 
there were so many other guys, right? There were so many more guys yeah. in this draft than other years where they just had to, you know, really hone in on trying to figure out who the guys were they were going to be looking at. And they said they spent a lot of time, Staley did, right, on the yeah. later guys because at one point they had six picks in the sixth and the seventh round. But <laughs> David, when talking about this guy, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that people had in, you know, as far as problems with the Chargers draft, and we'll get into the biggest things later on in the week that they didn't cover yeah. in the draft because that's a big story. But yeah. Which is where they selected the corners, right? Because right. in this case, they're selecting their two corners in the sixth and the seventh rounds. And that was a little bit surprising just with the we, we know is the depth. But one of the things that stood out to me with Jazeer Taylor, and I mean, I will also preface this with these cornerbacks. I mean, it was incredibly hard to find tape on them to use yes. um, for both Dean and Dean Leonard and Jazeer Taylor, just because, I mean, especially lower prospects are harder to find. I was able to find a few videos, but we will also talk about, you know, Staley and Telesco's comments on these guys as well. But the one thing I could see in those games, there's definitely a twitchiness here. He's obviously a very good athlete. He's a very quick athlete as well. There's some downside to it, but when you're talking about why the Chargers would take a bet on someone like this, Jazeer Taylor, in the sixth round, later in the sixth round, right? I think that it's the quick twitch muscles that you definitely see there, how quickly he can break on stuff. Definitely a very willing tackler as well. And, I mean, you can see the athletic traits that they could be trying to develop. Oh, absolutely. I mean, good speed for the position. He flashes some good read and react skills. Every once in a while you see him diagnose and, and go go get in, in, and go take somebody out. Um, he will fight the, the receiver uh, when the ball is in the air. I saw him do that quite a bit. You know, he, he's not going to make it easy for you to, to you know, get an easy catch. Also adds some special teams value. I mean, at, at 26, you know, average 26 yards per kick return and had a kick return touchdown, uh, as Brandon Stilley said, against Old Dominion there. Um, so, yeah, he has some a physical profile and some twitchiness and athleticism that you definitely want out of your corner out, out of your corners. Yeah, and I mean, Brandon Staley said that one of their area scouts in that area is, you know, uh, former Demon Deacon Wake Forest quarterback. So that gave them some insider info on Jazeer Taylor. And I think, I mean, that's what we've always talked about is, you know, having the traits. But with him specifically, it seemed like there was a lot of special teams talk. As a player, obviously, you know, being a five-year guy, you know, at Wake Forest, I mean, that's a long time. You get to see a lot of games. But I think started 23 games over the course of his career. Has decent measurables. He's not a tiny quarterback. He's not a super long, lanky, lanky cornerback by any means. And there's a lot to work on as well. I mean, he gave up, according to Dame Brugler, five touchdowns and also committed nine penalties in 2021. So a raw prospect to say the least, but it did seem like the kickoff part of this, the special teams part of it was bigger on this pick when Brandon Staley was talking about it because he said, you know, Ryan Ficken specifically spent a lot of time on this guy and the crazy thing about his kickoff return touchdown, David, it was his first ever kickoff return in, yeah, you know, in, his, in his college career, and he took it back for a touchdown. And obviously wow. that earned him some, you know, a couple more chances at it. And he oh, didn't yeah. return a ton, you know, just because he didn't do that until his final year in college. It was his first year returning kicks. Yeah. But I do like the thought process of, okay, you know, yes, we bring in someone like DeAndre Carter, but we're also going to kind of bring in more guys. Not that that'll be his only role on the team, but someone else, because last year, how many guys did they try out, right? It was like Larry yeah. Roundtree, Zier Adderley. I mean, so many Justin dudes. That Jackson, they, yeah, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson got a little bit of run. A lot of KJ Hill on kick yeah. returns as well. And none of them working out. At least now you have more legitimate options to try out. If things don't go well with DeAndre Carter, if he gets hurt or something like that. But at least they're creating some competition there. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can also see this guy as a gunner, too. I mean, trying to replace some of the value that, you know, you thought you were going to get from Ryan Smith. I think, you know, with his four, you know, four, four speed, this is a guy you can definitely, you know, see running and running down there and covering kicks and adding value that way because the Chargers need to add more team speed. And I think with these two corners in particular, at least that is definitely something that they bring to the table that you can utilize on special teams. Yeah, I mean, all of those things are, are good on special teams. Obviously, you have to be able to tackle well, and there's some stuff there that he, he has to clean up. And it'll be also great to see him, you know, add some strength. Not a ton of room on the frame to add yeah. a lot of strength, but, like, that was – he was feisty, right? I mean, trying to get yeah. through receivers and things like that. Like, he he had a lot of fight. He wasn't just, you know, submitting Sometimes it and letting – Sometimes he needs to take himself. better angles, though, man. That's sure, but my that... bigger thing is, though, just because you can fight, it doesn't mean that you're going to be getting through these wide receivers because too many times he got stuck up and I, I stuck with those dudes, and I think that's more of a play strength thing, just, you know. Yeah. Be able, being able to get guys off you because he's not the longest guy, so he's always going to have some disadvantage to some receivers and things like that. But I think if he gets a little stronger, it'll help with some of the missed tackles. It's also going to help with you know being able to be more physical, getting off those blocks, and being able to make tackles because he does fit well in the running game. Goes to the right spot. He gets there quickly a lot of the time. Those are all things that I liked from him. You can definitely see that quick trigger that I think the Chargers were definitely scouting out and trying to bring in. I mean, because if you look at JT Woods, if you look at this guy, if you look at Dean Leonard, that's something that all those dudes can do is get downhill. They all love to fit against the run. None of them, you know, have any hesitation going up and trying to make tackles. I love that as far as DBs go. And, yeah. I mean, when Staley was talking about him, you know, good dimensions, 4'4", 37-inch vertical ball skills. And then, I mean, also played inside and outside. So that's definitely kind of the characteristics that they were going for, especially taking chances later on in the draft. Yeah, I mean, they want guys that have that position flex, right? I mean, that, that that can play on the outside, that can play in the slot. They want as many defensive backs that have as much versatility as possible so that they can really try to figure out what the best combination is to attack specific offenses that they're going to go up against. So the more defensive backs that you have, especially in the scheme that, that Brandon Staley likes to use, which is a lot of five and six DB groupings, that, you know, it's important to have as many corners as you want. And yeah, I mean, the, the talk about them taking corners late and, and, and not, you know, doing it earlier in the draft. I mean, you can remember that with the Rams, they took several guys late in the draft and they were able and Brandon State was able to make that work and get some good production out of those guys. So hopefully he is able to do the same with these two gentlemen here. Well, and you're setting yourself up for the future, right? I mean, yeah. these are guys, you're taking more chances. You didn't get somebody early, but you're taking a couple of dart throws later on in the draft on guys you feel like you have tools that you can work with. And I think that's obviously the whole point of especially taking guys in the late sixth and early seventh round in this case is just finding those guys that fit what you want. Because from a roster building perspective, Brandon Staley is still putting together, you know, the type of players that he wants. There's still some leftovers from the Gus Bradley scheme, right, in the Anthony Lynn era. He's just filling this room with chances on guys that fit the way he likes to play, that do the things they like, like being a two-time captain. I mean, you just look at that and you're like, okay, well, that played a big factor in it for sure. Yeah. But they worked this dude out, right, and they loved what they saw from him. They decided to bring him in late, and I think it's a guy that I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's even going to for sure make the roster, but like, I'll definitely be pulling for a guy that obviously has some fun tools to work with. If he can figure out some of the things that hindered him and you know allowed him to commit nine penalties and five touchdowns like there is something there to work with there's some multiple play that hopefully Brandon Staley can develop because it is a whole developmental process and not all these guys are you know meant to be starters or drafted to be starters or even have significant roles especially early on 
I feel like if he is able to capitalize on the opportunities he gets on special teams where I feel like there is a large room for improvement, that's his best ticket to get onto this football team is if, if he's able to make an impact there and really ingratiate himself and really take a role and own it through special teams. I think that is his way to get on the roster and then be able to finally or at least be able to fight for playing time after that. Yeah, I mean, making the roster is always the, the first thing, and that's what's so impressive about, you know, the next guy we're going to talk about as well, you know, trying to make the roster after playing in a Canadian college, playing Canadian college football a few years ago with Dean Leonard, the defensive back from Ole Miss, and then he started playing against in the SEC against the likes of Trey Burks, right, and other guys like Jamison Williams. That must have been a ton of fun. How crazy of a story that is. We're going to get into Dean Leonard in his story to making the Chargers coming up right after this. But I need to tell you guys that the best place to get any kind of auto bar at any time is rockauto.com. I mean, there's a lot of things that these prospects could fix, and they're going to need to to make it on the Chargers roster and to be impactful players for them. But when you need to fix your car, the only place to go is Rock Auto because not only are you going to find the most seamless process and save yourself the headache of having to go into a local chain auto parts store Talk to the guy at the counter and have you ask you a million questions about something you just don't know enough about, at least in my case, who doesn't know a lot about cars. On rockauto.com, I was able to go type the type of car in that I have, and a few easy clicks, I found the part that I needed. I've already used the rockauto.com three times. It's not something you want to have to do by auto parts, but when you do have to do it, use rockauto.com because the other part of it is you're going to save a ton of money. Rockauto.com has the best prices you're going to find out there and the best inventory, but why spend 30 50 even 100% more on parts that you could get at rockauto.com, a family business. So make sure you guys go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, well, we have one more, the final draft pick in some weird world that we're in right now doing these things out of order. The Chargers' first of their seventh round picks, another defensive back. They doubled down in the sixth and the seventh round. And this one is Dean Leonard, the defensive back from Ole Miss, who, David, I want to talk first just about this dude's story because it's pretty cool. I mean, the dude was playing at Calgary University in Canada and absolutely balled out. He had six interceptions in 23 career games, which is nuts. First team All-Canada twice. He was an All-Canadian twice. I mean, a two-time All-Canadian. If that was All-American, I mean, everyone would be freaking out just because it's All-Canadian. Nobody wants to give him the credit he deserves. Put some respect on his name. But for that dude, David, I mean, to be playing in Calgary, to go to Ole Miss, he ended up only starting two games in his first season with Ole Miss, and then the next game or next season started all 11 games and ends up getting drafted to the Chargers in the seventh round. I mean, this is going to be a dude I'm pulling for for sure. A fun prospect to talk about, but I mean, that story is pretty cool because he was just playing for the Calgary Dinos, winning championships for them a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I mean, what what a great story to be what able What a great to... name for a college football team too, huh? The Calgary <laughs> Dinos. I just found out about them <laughs> that you is know, with this pick. So. Phenomenal. I love the it. Dinos. I mean, I, I want to see what the mascot looks like and it better not disappoint. It's a dinosaur. <laughs> I know, but it better be the right dinosaur, <laughs> okay? Uh, if not, then we're going to we're going to have some problems. Oh here. my god, I just um, I don't even know what the right dinosaur is anymore. <laughs> Go on. 
but Dean Leonard, uh, you know, loved the, you know, he is a guy that modeled his game after Stefan Gilmar. That's a, a guy who he really uh, looked up to a bigger corner makes sense. You know, right. When you look at his measurables, this guy's six foot, 195 pounds. That's so, tall for a corner guys. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. I mean, if you're, yeah. if you're over six, that's great for a cornerback. Yeah, he's got some some decent size there for sure. Um, as far as things that he does well, I, I feel like he's got the good size and the good length and speed for the position. He's got the measurables that you look for. Four three nine like has, forty. Yeah, yeah helps four three nine. Yeah, <laughs> speed, baby, speed. Like I said, that the, the you put a four with a three add. next to it, you're going to start getting some people's attention. Yes, absolutely. No, no, no question about it. Um, has fluid hips as well, I've, uh, uh, which I, I saw him. You know, he's able to you know open those up and and really get into Agreed. his back pedal. Um, uh, also showed an ability to play in the nickel as well. Another guy with positional flexibility. He just learned to play in the nickel in 2021 because in Canada, he had never played press ever before in his life. He has never played press. So he learned how to play press and learned how to play nickel in the 2021 season. A lot of learning, a huge learning curve from going from Canada to at the SEC, one of the most physical and one of the you know best divisions in, in all of college football. So to see that transition and to see that he was able to, you know, really, you know, make that giant leap, uh, I think that you have to commend him for that. Um, and but like I said, he has a couple of good skills and, and good abilities that could translate. Yeah, and that's I mean, pr- pretty much was echoed, you know, by Tom Tolesco and Brandon Staley as well. Like I said, I mean, I'll be pointing for these guys because the other thing is too is like I hate to rip any kind of prospect, right? Because yeah. like at one point I was the kid trying to make it and hope I got drafted, right? So like, absolutely for these dudes to get drafted even in the seventh round, like what that means to these dudes and their families, getting to be there and getting to call your dad and tell him, you know, hey, you're I one of two hundred and sixty-two like, people that got drafted. Hundred percent. Like to be able to have that moment with your family, whether or not you make it long term in the NFL, it doesn't matter. That that family will, will always cherish that moment. Never and take like, it away I, from I'm you. pulling for all these dudes. I know they can't make the team, but like especially cool stories, you know, you, you definitely find those guys. So I'm pulling for them. There are some cons. Uh, yes. I mean, obviously not a ton of experience against that top talent in the SEC, only the right. two seasons and, and really only started in twenty twenty one for the most part. Um, gets a little hands. He has some things to work on there. While he is smooth as far as flipping his hips and especially running deep, the in-breaking cuts and things like that, he can be a little bit clunky there. Take a couple extra steps that he doesn't need to take, and I think he'll start trusting you know, his ability a little bit more as he gets coached up. And I mean, if you're just talking about traits, I mean, getting a guy with a really, you know, another RAS guy, another guy who, you know, four three nine forty has some real athletic tools to work with and has that physical profile. Tom Tolesco said when they were looking at this guy, cover skills, inside out flex, which is something you brought up, ran well and is also very quick. You can see some of that. And I mean, Staley, you know, echoed the same thing, ran a really low 4 4, smooth in transition, really good in run support. I mean, I think the really good in run support, he really wants to fill. I think he goes to the right yeah. spot. He, you know, he tries to get outside leverage on wide receivers to turn runs back in and stuff. But another guy just needs, you know, an off season in an NFL training room, right? Because it's like yeah. he was in Canada getting trained in totally different facilities and conditions, you know, then you go to Ole Miss, which is much better, obviously, but it's been a process for him putting yeah. on the weight and, and getting that, you know, NFL ready strength. That's something he has to find. And then Brandon Steele also had an interesting comment, Dave, because he uh, said he reminded him of Mark Webb last year, just has a lot of traits that we feel like translate at the next level. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you like to hear that. I mean, Mark Webb was one of those guys that I, I thought that Brandon Staley was trying to, you know, cook up in in his, in his mad science lab 
um, and a guy that you know you could really move all over the place. Still um, could too. Right. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. Hopefully he comes back healthy. Um, but you know, like I said, another defensive back for Brandon Staley to figure out what he does and and how he can possibly help. Um, I'd like to see him increase his physicality uh, in his approach. I mean, he wants like he's around the football, but I'd like to see him, you know, tr- kind of you know get in touch with this inner t- Tasmanian devil. I want him to go out there and, and run through people. Um, he needs to stop the ankle tackling, too. I saw that way too much. He needs to transition that to wrapping up. Uh, I mean, I feel like the skills are there. Uh, the the athleticism is there. I feel like the coaching is where that, you know, the the potential is going to marry, um, marry up. And hopefully when he gets into an NFL, you know, strength and conditioning program with NFL coaches, we can, you know, see the best possible version of, you know, Mr. Dean Leonard. Yeah, and I mean, we know how much Brandon Staley loves these corners. I mean, he loves these DBs, and both of these guys, they talked about the flex and being able to play everywhere, right? But the other thing is, too, that we have to remember, and Brandon Staley also brought this up when talking about the day three guys, is just that the safeties are going to be basically playing one of the cornerback positions at least a substantial amount of time, the way Brandon Staley is talking about it, right? I mean, these guys playing up in the slot, which means you're only going to have two true cornerbacks out there, which... As we see it now, it's probably Asante Samuel Jr., right? And also J.C. Jackson, Jackson, not even including Michael Davis, who would be three in that sense, right? And then now Tavon Campbell is even further away, you know, from getting on the field. As far as these two dudes go, I mean, I don't know if they're upgrading on Tavon Campbell, right? I mean, that's way too soon to say. The other Canadian, Tavon Campbell, one of the the other of the five. Um, But I do love the fact that it's just like, hey, we're just going to try to add as much competition there as possible, get more dudes that kind of fit what we want to do and like have a much better, you know, competition at that position going into the season to see kind of how that, you know, plays out. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's the 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 roster transition continues. Getting guys that are going to meet the specifications that they're looking it in for, his image, Mark. right? That are going to play the My way God. that Brandon Staley wants to play defense. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they're adding more people to the secondary. They're trying to improve it. They're trying to improve the depth. Which, like I said, will also improve the special teams. Just getting and more improving the overall speed and athleticism too. One hundred percent. I mean, they've gotten exactly. much more athletic in their in their defensive secondary for sure. These yeah, two with, dudes and JT Woods. I mean, yeah, that's more for more sure. speed, more speed, and you guessed it, more speed. <laughs> and you know, that's something that the Chargers needed to address. They needed to add. You know, so I think that's going to, you know, we'll see how that works out. But, I mean, more opportunities to try to get the type of defense that Brandon Staley wants to play. Yeah, and I mean, more speed is always great. But then I think all three of those dudes also have to learn how to tackle better, too. So, (laughs) yes, indeed. Getting there is a big part of it. Finishing it once you get there is another big part of it. But, like, I I can see what they're going for with these guys. And I'm not going to stamp my approval of them making the roster, but I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see how these dudes do when they are out there in the preseason and when they are out there at training camp, you know, going up against true NFL talent, that's going to suss out a lot of it, right? Yeah. That's going to flesh out the contenders and the guys who don't belong very quickly. See how you do covering Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Exactly. I mean, that that's how we're going to find out what these dudes have, right? Or at least, you know, a couple reps here and there where you're like, okay, I see it. You know, that's him competing for that thing. We've seen it, you know, with Asante Samuel Jr. last year and Josh Palmer. Like that, that's going to be such a fun part of this is to see how these dudes grow throughout training camp and how they develop through the season and just trying to fight for that last roster spot potentially and doing all it takes to do that because that's how a lot of these great undrafted for agents and late round guys ended up starting their story 
And these guys are just starting, so I'm definitely going to be pulling for all of them for sure. But that is going to wrap things up on today's show. To make sure you don't miss tomorrow's show, go subscribe now to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from because we're going to tell you why the Chargers made the right decision not picking up Jerry Tillery's fifth-year option. We'll get into that and the ramifications of that on tomorrow's show. But until then, you can also find the show on all of our social media, including at LockedOnLAC on Twitter and on my Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyers at DrotalkSD. If you guys want to get your draft grades, draft questions, any of that stuff on the show, you can also call into 323-524-7924 to the Chargers. Locked on Chargers voicemail line. And you can also find us at Locked On Chargers on Instagram and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But I'm excited to talk about Jerry Tillery tomorrow and to have some more fresh content for you guys then. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.